0: Good day, everybody. This is Parrots B. Eichler. This is the week that the month begins to fall, began to fall then. May we see it fall upon us in abundant doses. Uh, remember on Tuesday, with the day that the month began to fall, it's very propitious to say the. Um, I believe it's brought down in a number of places. Maybe the schlaw brings it down. you take a look. But in any case, to say, Parshus Hammon, Schneim, Ekrobetarg, Mikrobetargim. Say it twice with a targum. Okay, it's a big school for Parnassah, and um, saying it every day is a big segul. What does a segul mean? It means it's propitious for it. What is it showing? It's not a magic incantation, because What it is, is a testimony to our belief that everything comes from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's a testimony that we know that our Parnassah comes from Hashem. We may go through the efforts, Indeed, we do have to go through the efforts, but never think that it is our efforts that brings the... Uh, the perus that makes the fruits ripen, that brings the money into the bank account. It's only a kaddish baruch who sends it to us. And I'm sure if you've got a story like that, we would love to hear it. How you saw that uh, your Parnassus, is shemayim, something that happened to you, uh, an eitfall, something that came in. I mean, I can tell you a great story right now to tell you something it just happened just uh, a short while ago. Um, I'm walking down the street in Lakewood, and I was thinking I was saying some to a kaddish and uh, something that I was uh, attempting to do at the moment, something I was thinking about, something I wanted to accomplish. And meanwhile, I, I passed by a, uh, a shul in Lakewood, and a person who I know very well, who's a very esteemed is is on the phone, and I just overheard some of the conversation talking about something he was doing, and... I was thinking to myself, I wish him chutzlachah and Braqa because he's a phenomenal person and an extraordinary talmud. Chacham was always helping people, but primarily he sits and learns the whole day. He has a business, but he he decided that he wanted to make learning his paramount goal in life. And the business he had to do because he was a young man, he didn't have any for And Hashem made him phenomenally much And he says, you know, he can't even describe to you how it happened. Uh, but he said his goal was to sit and learn. And Hashem allowed him, gave him that ability to do it. And now, night and day, and he helps other people. He has a great program to encourage people to learn. At any rate, he, he gets off the phone, he says to me, I was just thinking about you and I'm working on something now that I would really like to have you um, involved in. Right? And we started talking and it was Mamash It was something that I needed at that moment, the agreed upon fee that we talked about for it was momish, I can only tell you, as you must know, you know, points in your life where, you know, you need a certain amount, you don't know where it's going to come, how it's going to come, and boom, right right then and
1: there, and he, you know, we worked out an agreement to produce this particular uh,
0: project, and there it was, right in front of me, what did I do? I had a Mahshov, Hashem want to do your Russian, I need something, please help me. Now, does that mean if you ask something and it doesn't happen like right away, like the Russians used to do and say, Who do you want? who do you believe in? You believe in Khrushchev, you believe in God. Okay, ask your God for ice cream. Kids say ice cream. Oh, where's the ice cream? Then they say, no, ask God for it, we give And they and they would poison the kids' minds like that. Well we know that a Kurdish who answers our fillers. If he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, but he always listens to our fellows. And many times, how often do we see that we, we were thinking about something from here and it comes from here or where, wherever it comes from? It's from the rebundish and That's the mud coming down. Yes, you may have a snow-covered yard right now, as we have in Lakewood, or a dusting of beautiful, white, pure snow, even in Brooklyn, before uh, the cars get to it. But the mud is pouring down. All we have to do is acknowledge that it comes from God's role and ask it for it. At any rate, we're in that portion this week. A lot of great things we can learn from this week's portion. I'd love to hear from you about, first of all, anything that's on your mind. My coaching line is always open to you, 24 five and a half, or something like that, at uh, 848-221-4605 or dot gmail.com. This is parents B.A.K. The Rev. I don't claim to know everything. Or you can talk to me about anything. I have a shkoka process happen today. I have to think about it. I'm going to tell it to you. But (laughs) I was supposed to be on my way somewhere today. Yes, I was supposed to be on a plane this afternoon. Um, And here I am talking to you. Uh, I'm just sitting here marveling at how Cutter's Bar runs the world and how grateful we have to be for every second wherever we are. And that means wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we should have a smile on our face, but at the same time, we have to take mind and take heed of the suffering of our of our brethren, our brothers and sisters around the world. That mice that happened in Yushalayim with that young mother, uh, I, I don't know about you, but yesterday I sat down and I just cried. I could not, I, I don't think I've ever felt this way. It just left such an impact on me. It, it, I don't know, there have been other things which have been really equally shocking with for some reason, this just hit me very hard. You respond to it. How did you respond to it? How did you respond to what happened to that young mother? It was so brutally murdered by that Arab hyena, by that that Russia. He burned in this world and the next, in front of a child. What type of cruel animals, vicious chairoids are we dealing with? Yes, I thought about it. Just want to share something that's on your mind or on your heart about it. Just you know, you want to share your thoughts. Our number here is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Some amazing things in the Parsha that we should take a look at together. And again, one of the sources that I use, and you can look at, and I urge you to, because he, his brilliance. I'm talking about Rabbi Zelig Pliskin. It's very apparent in every page that he writes, and his his das in terms of Torah and his insight as to how it impacts our psychological dynamic in terms of a behavior. You know, psychology is only the study of human behavior, and our behavior is something that we conform to what the dictates of the Torah are. And the more I the more I see in the world, now you don't know have a degree in psychology, right? Speech and drama and radio and television and stuff like that. I guess they figured you know I know it would take psychology because people sometimes would go into the entertainment industry <laughs> you gotta you gotta you know you ask yourself uh, maybe there's a little Michigas sometimes sometimes there's a lot, but so I figured the psychology degree would would help help me in any case, but the truth is that once you begin learning theory, you see that all the dynamics of human psychology the Hubble, are there and so much more. You not know, open up a Mishle, a Mishle, It's better than any, anything, La Havre, of those, that Sigmund Freud could ever have come up. And by the way, we do not subscribe to Freudian uh, psychoanalysis. That's a very negative, I in many, many ways. By the way, he did have a book. Uh, there was a book that he wrote on, on jokes. And you wouldn't know it from the title, but maybe you maybe would. I, I think it was called The Jokes of Sigmund Freud. They're all basically Jewish jokes. I mean, a lot of them, in fact, most of them were probably self-hating Jewish jokes or things which represented the the, uh, the guilt that he had about being a Jew. He had a number of anti-Semitic incidents um, perpetrated against him as a youngster. That might have affected it. But nonetheless, his psychology, which is respected in many circles around the world, doesn't mean that it's correct. Those circles may just, you know, be going in circles and going nowhere, because well, a lot of what he had to say in psychology was just really off the wall and, you know, totally checkered. And uh, even in the, in the truth, in the truth that he had, it's still antithetical to the to way we would conduct our, ourselves. Um, I can tell you, I visited, when I was in Vienna, I went to visit the museum, which is housed in his office, and I understood when I walked out of that office why people felt that they had been helped, they felt a sense of uplift after they left the office. I myself, personally, after I left touring the museum and seeing the things in the in the museum, and and coming downstairs onto the streets of Vienna, I also felt a, a sense of uh, uplift and exhilaration because that office was so depressing <laughs> that once you get out of there, <laughs> even a dark street looked bright. Were you we ever in the office in the in, in the, the Freud Museum in Vienna? You go up this. You know, long, dark staircase, and there it is in the hall, and you're you expect expecting to knock on the door and say, Hey, Louis, sent you something like that, and you open it up. It is such a depressing place. It's just stupid. And the one thing that was even more depressing was behind a bookcase, lonely, and just left there with an open page, was a Tanakh that he had been given for his bar mitzvah. I didn't get to see what the Pusik was. I'd really like to know if you're ever in Vienna and you get close enough in, and you're in that Freud Museum, let me know what the pussics says. I should have asked, asked somebody who lives in Vienna with the kids. Are. Anyway, why am I telling you all this? To get back to the fact that what we talk about here, what people like Robert Weinberger talk about, he's a licensed clinical social worker. You know, I'm basically a uh, talk show host and a, uh, and a coach, but our intentions are the same, which is to help as many people as, as, as possible through the dynamics of the tire to grow for greatness, which is the name of this broadcast. So here's one thing I want to tell you. And we have a, a number of things. And by the way, at any point during this conversation, you can f- feel free to join in. This is dialogue, not merely monologue, though sometimes it is. At seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, my name, Perads B. Peredz Barkman, Rupto the Lady, a.k.a. the Reb, the Reb of the Cause, and the cause is you, a rebel against a society without meaning, value, and purpose. And uh, as I mentioned and probably will again. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. And you can do that by picking up the telephone at 718-683-5858. Thanks very much to our producer and engineer, Iran. Thanks to everybody at JRoot for um, for being there, regardless of the whether these guys show up and are interested in one thing only, and that is... I think I can speak for them, because if you, if you look at who these people are and how they, uh, how they conduct themselves in terms of what they put forth on J-root, that is our matara, our, uh, our goal. Now, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, and you're going to see it in the partial. just as a person can fall quickly from spiritual level, so, too, he can rise quickly. The amazing thing. You ever see somebody who just falls? They did something they shouldn't have done. They say, that's it. You know, I can't go back. Uh, you know, I I did that. Oh, what do you I, I, what, what do you want? I, I How can I get back up? You know, I did it. I'm going to stay here. And that's it. Then, no, what do you mean? You did it. Pick yourself back up. Leave off what you did that was wrong and start again. You can rise quickly. Where do you see that? Where do you see it in this week's posture? That just as a person can, who can fall quickly, from a spiritual level, boom, you fell. You initial person that, that did something they knew they weren't supposed to do. You name the there. I'm not going into that. Whatever it was that, and it could be anything. You know there. Were, uh, you know it was fifty bucks that were on top of a a pile of of, of uh, that was given to you in a pile of bills for something you were paid and it was $50 more and you're supposed to be paid and the person didn't even know about it. He counted it and you counted yeah, it was correct. But you wound up with $50 more. Well, you could pocket it. And maybe you did. Or maybe you said, no, I can't do that. It's dishonest. Or maybe you didn't realize and you spent it already. But now you can rise quickly as well. You can give the money back. There's a lot of things you could do. You could think of whatever Vera you know that's pertinent to you and unless you're a perfect Sadiq of Sudeikis I mean everybody is it says everybody at some point seven, it says Sadiq falls seven times and he gets up no. it doesn't say if he's going to fall or wouldn't have pointed out wouldn't have pointed out not if he will fall he will fall and you get up so just as a person can fall from spiritual levels quickly so too you can rise quickly how? how do you see it in this week's portion? where do you see it? And it was when Paro sent the people, a Kaddish Baruch, who did not lead them by, Derek him, Because a Kaddish Baruch who said, perhaps the people will regret what? Regret what? They're going to regret leading Mitzrayim. And what? The Meshuvu. Mitzrayim. They're going to go back to Mitzrayim. Now, how do we learn from that? That just as a person can fall from his spiritual level quickly, so too you can rise quickly. I want you to think about this. Think about this for a moment. A person can rise very quickly from a spiritual level that they had formed very quickly. Where do we see that? Right here's the pasuk. Now you make you connect the, not only the dot, connect like the das on this. And it was when power was sent the people, the Almighty did not lead them by the land of the Pelishti, but Derech Pelishti, because Paro said perhaps the people will regret and will return. Mitzvah. Where do you see from this? Where do you see from this that just as a person can fall from spiritual levels quickly, so too you can rise quickly? Well, let me give you a couple of clues. Rabbi Yehuda Lev said on this that it's amazing how the Yidin considered returning to Mitzrayim, right? We suffered so much in our enslavement, in our Shiva to Mitzrayim. We'd seen the Nisan, the amazing, astonishing, phenomenal mind elevating Nisim that Akkadish Baruch Hu made and the and the plagues that befell the Egyptians for for harming the Yudin. Now, don't you think we should have trusted Akkadish Baruch Hu, since he'd already helped us in so many ways and he would continue to help us? Why would they entertain the thought of going back? Why would they entertain the thought of going back? And it could only be understood when it realized that we are sure of body and, and this is a question when somebody asked me one of my kids asked me this how can a person who who does good get angry at somebody or will do something which is totally out of out of character something which is tri the opposite you be nice to your parents at one moment and then talk back to them then how, how could we do that how can we do that so listen to what Rev Constance says even when a person is on a very high spiritual we're a goof in the shama we fall and for this reason vigilance. at one moment, a person can be very and then if he panics he in a mature way although the yidden had a great awareness this could be lost in a very short time right he could have a great sense of awareness and boom something comes along and um, there was you know uh, that of error that before a person um, they were hungry. They were passing by a McDonald's. They hadn't anything to eat in the day. Ah, I'll just go. On. What are you talking about? You don't think that it's happened? It should never happen to you. It should never happen to me. But it could happen with anything at any time at any. You know, you you both you and I both know, right? Maybe not. You wouldn't. You'd never go into McDonald's, but there might be something else you might do. And again, this is not a, uh, a litmus test of what your Mrs. Navarros are. But this exact concept of the changeability of a person can give a person great hope. Yeah, it shouldn't make you feel bad. It should give you great hope. The fact that a person is made of a goof and a shovel, body and a soul, we're very intricate people, human beings. So that's what Rabbi Huda Leib often said. It should give you great hope. The fact that we do have this changeability. If you can fall quickly, you can pick yourself up very quickly. Never despair. Never give up. Yeah, never despair when you feel you're on a low level. If you are sincerely resolved to climb spiritually, but this is the kicker, this is the key, this is the essence. If you are resolved to climb spiritually, you make up your mind. Make up your mind. M-U-Y-M. mu Yam. Make up your mind. You have the ability to instantan- instantaneously, if not sooner, put yourself back on the path of life. The Derech HaChaim, That according to the Or Yoel. So... Let's put it in a nutshell. Don't waste time with self-pity. Don't get, don't get down on yourself. Don't be down if you feel you're not on the level you want to be. Right? We're all kind of like that. We can all be down on ourselves. Realize that you can obtain great heights at any moment, and if you have a deep resolution to do so. I think that that is an extraordinary insight. What do you think? Don't waste time with self-pity if you feel you're not on the level you want to be. Realize that you can obtain great heights at any moment if you have a deep resolution to do so. But you have to have that deep resolution. As I was telling somebody, and telling it to myself. If you don't make a commitment, it, it generally doesn't happen. If you make a commitment, then then it could happen. Like Naqshin I mean, Ben-Hamidah going in up to his his nostrils. And sometimes we've got to go in all the way, fully commit yourself. When you make a commitment, you get unbelievable siyata nishvaya. Okay, what do you think about that? I'd like to hear what you have to say. And our number is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Sometimes those things which we desire can blind us. We could make mistakes, even though we might be intelligent. As um, as uh, the uh, the rabbi from the Shmooz, Baruch Shafir says, you know, uh, there are a lot of stupid mistakes that smart couples make. Why is it that otherwise intelligent people make such good mistakes? Because they're biased by their will and their desire. And then they wonder, well, how could I have been so dumb as to do something like that? It's called Tina, Ty, and Kovac. Anyway, what do you think about what we're talking about so far? Um, something you might have fallen into or fallen on, and maybe you were down on yourself a little bit, and maybe you think, oh, I don't know, I can't, how can I get up? You can get up quickly. Let's talk about it. I want you to reach out to me today at 718-683-5858. This is Parents B, a.k.a. the Reb. The Reb with the cause and the cause is you. And that cause is to bring meaning, value, and purpose into our lives. So our talk lines are open, and that means our listen lines are open. 718-683-5858. Tell me what's on your mind, what's on your heart, what you'd like to talk about, something in the news that's going on that um, you'd like to take a, a, uh, a shot. At getting off the chest and talking about, we can do that as well. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. This is the station that listens to you. This is Paris P, aka the Rev, licensed by the State of Awareness to live life to its fullest. Give us a call. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. All right, let's take it away with a little with a little music, and we'll be back. the Shem after this.
1: stave que mon chalie mir comme prira chezbavi pilot chemi sa vive met saî les he calls you to the beginning of your that a son You are together in your dragon Only ועם כל זה עד שיבוא ולכבוד קדושת שמחה כולנו יחד בשמחה איננו נשואות לך ונס יגון והנחה ומתוך הנשמה (laughs) Filabouka <laughs> at peotzma O pitom bima pouret set charbid mama Anule fanecha ne faksi Kouri melech habitina ni mama aki kulam <laughs> pane At that you send us be enough. That you love, that you know, and don't forget, and even all And we will open until you send us a Messiah. And the שתשלח לנו משיח (ח) ואף על פי (ח) שיתממה (ח) מתי יבוא (ח) רק
0: Anima, uh, beautiful. Thank you very much. Beautiful rendering, very, very thoughtful, and uh, I hope that you're feeling good today. So many things going on in the world that are troubling. Uh, as I mentioned to you, the incidents of that terror attack in so I don't know if they caught the perpetrator yet. I hope they. Hope they hope they do, and that he burns in this world and in the next. To put it mildly, but the the pain that that family is feeling now, and the pain that each of us is feeling, the shock and the horror. We uh, we need to pour out our to tefillat to end this gullus, this long dark gullus, and bring light and gladness and joy to every member of Klal Yisrael. Bring Mashiach, because that is the only answer. Um, and when it comes, and when he comes, we're going to see something that even the Nisan that took place in Mitzrayim, which we're learning in these parshes now, will, um, some say, we'll be, if you can imagine it, I mean, they were extraordinary. We can hardly even imagine that, but we should try to. We'll kind of pale in comparison to the Nisan that's going to be done then. Just imagine how phenomenal it's going to be. We'll be laughing and crying when Mashiach comes, and all the evil will fall away, and these we will get what's coming to them. And they will have no power to do anything, and they will just melt away, kind of like the uh, like the snow. Except they're not—you know—they don't have the purity that snow has. But the same way that ice melts during the first thaw on a warm day, and it's like it was never there. I remember walking down a street in Lakewood, and there was a, a house that was owned by some particularly not nice people. I would dare say, I. The word "anti-Semite" would not be, uh, would not be overused with them. In fact, they used to, you know, say, "Hey Jew," you know, where they would say, we were "Just n-. they were nasty people to begin with, just in in terms of the general human species." And they certainly had no love for, for their Jewish neighbors. But the house looked kind of like, you know, what the Adams family was—one of those cartoons. The Adams family—they always had like a, always had a cloud of doom and gloom over the house, no matter what time. A day was this. This family was like that, and they put up Halloween dinner, genera- uh, decorations, and those Halloween decorations were up all year round. So the place looked like a haunted uh, house, and the rest of the block, which was inhabited by, by uh, you know, from Heffer, from younger light, uh, was just you know, as as humble as their houses were, were bright and lit, you know, on on a Shabbos night, and even during the week, you know, you could see the kids running and stuff like that. But that part of the block was inhabited by some of these people. and They were really mean and cruel and not nice at all. And uh, one day I heard a dog barking from the house, howling, howling, howling. I mean, uh, only Shlomo Mellick would have known what it was saying, but I think what it was saying is, ding-dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) I found out that the witch that had inhabited that house had had died, and then uh, her brother lived across the street, well, you know, like Frankenstein and the Wolfman on either side of the street, and, <laughs> and they and they will die in a short time. But what, what I'm saying is, those houses came down faster than you could say than then you could say uh, Havana, Gila, man. They, sorry about that. <laughs> they they came down fast. And what went up on one on one block were three beautiful townhouses. I'm happy the developer made money on it, but. the uh, the houses went up and they were very modest but they were clean and neat and nice and and across the street another house went up now you walk down that block today you would never know that there was even a remnant of those uh, of those Rishoyim so what I'm saying here is when Mashiach comes there won't be even a remnant that these Rishoyim that perpetrate these acts of evil ever existed maybe there will be just to remind us that they were once here, but they will be gone forever. And we pray and hope, the of Kaddish Baruch Hu, that that day will come very, very soon, perhaps today, perhaps today. But one thing we have to know is we have to keep jobbing, and maybe we should take something upon ourselves, something that we can do to make our lives improved and somehow bring more light into the world, and maybe that'll take away from the darkness that seems to be around us. So the question that I just asked you uh, is, We, how could it be possible that Paro could think that, I mean, that after all, the Nisan, that Hashem did for the Yiddin to save them from the Egyptians, uh, that now that we were finally liberated, that he would forsake us? How could he possibly think that? Anybody with a level of intelligence, a modicum of intelligence, right? A grain of intelligence, perhaps even a scintilla, of intelligence. That's an, it's a nifty word. You know what it means? I just found out. Scintilla. Look it up in the dictionary. Scintilla. I think it's uh, I guess he was more on the sin part than the tiller part. But a scintilla is, a, is a, like a micro particle. So if a person has even that intelligence, which, you know, and we're gifted with way more than that. A person should realize that it will be impossible for the Egyptians to harm the Mitzrim. The mitzrim. You have to for the Mitzrim to hire the Yiddin. So, Rav Simpkins, Kelm, wrote that there's a fundamental principle that a person's will and desires blind his intellect. A person's will and desires blinds his intellect. That's why we should want what Hashem wants, so we're not blinded. When a person has a strong will, he will act as irrational as a person who is crazy. Think about this. When a person has a strong will, they will act as irrational as a person who is is raving, loony. I mean, nutty than a fruitcake or fruity than a nutcake. A person wants to do something. I mean, everything goes out the window. Unless your are is what the, what, what the Averster wants. Because when a person has a bias, they will convince themselves that whatever he plans to do is sensible, even though any simple person could easily tell him, that would be harming himself by his actions. When a person wants to do something, so then they're not listening to their reason. They're only doing what what they want to do. There, are, I heard a couple of good stories about that, and I'm going to try and remember what they were. Otherwise, intelligent people make such stupid mistakes when they are biased by their will and desire that afterwards they themselves wonder how they could have been so stupid because they saw what they wanted to see. The reason is that one's will blinds them. Just as a blind person cannot see, so too a person who is blinded by his will cannot think straight. He sees things the way he wants. People see what they want to see. And that, by the way, 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 by the way. I just reminded myself of that story. I shouldn't put it in my mind. And it's something which I talk about in terms of that there's only one truth not you know there can't be more than one truth there can be takes on the truth and opinions but the emits is the emits right and where do we see that and where do we see that what a person wants to see is what they what they see from that story that I've told you about remember two guys are walking down the street and one says hey look at that cat on top of that roof and his friend says to him oh that's not a cat that's a bird oh says his friend how could that possibly be a bird? Anybody knows that it's a cat. So, look, why don't we just get a little closer, we'll fling a rock at it, and then we'll know. If it takes off, flaps its wings, it's a bird. We know that. So they, uh, they decide what we're going to do. Okay. They get closer, they throw a rock. Boom! This thing, whatever it is, takes off like a shot, flaps its wings, and heads, toward its, uh, heads towards wherever it's headed, out west, flying high. So one friend who had his opinion, very firmly rooted, now looks at his friend and says, Wow, that is the first time I ever saw a cat fly. Whoa. Cats don't fly, do they? They do not fly. But a person's will will blind him and bias him, and that person will not think straight, and he or she will not make the right decision Show we want to make the right decision. That's why we have to consult Dr. That's why we have to ask the Kaddish for to help us. When that person is biased, they'll come up with all kinds of, of, uh, of reasons. And rationalizations, why their improper actions and mistaken decisions, are logical and worthwhile. Well, that's the first time ever have seen a cat fly, of course. Whenever you have a strong will that might be biasing your thinking, so then consult other people. Now, I had that happen to me today. I didn't tell you what happened. I don't know if I'm gonna tell you yet. Gotta think about it. But an amazing thing happened where I had to make a decision and I had to make it fast and quite frankly, um, even though I you know, try to help other people with advice, I had to think, well, what would I advise somebody else? But I was in, in such a mode of having a particular bias towards something, but what was the right thing to do? You know, is this the right thing is that the right thing to do? So I consulted with the am very close to and I said, Rebbe, I mean I did I said I gave him all the sides at least, you know, we think we're giving a person all all the sides of it. We are we're biased even when we convey that, right? But I asked him what he thought and I said and not only did I ask him what he thought, I said, well, what should what should I do? And Baruch Hashem, he wasn't one of he's not one of these people like some of these guys in the coaching industry who say, No, don't get advice, don't counsel which is really not part of the way I, I think those who take on authentic Torah coaching from a Torah perspective, you you know, you gotta take and have the cry sometimes. I had to plate this, the shoulders to, to do something. He said, um, you know, based on what what you told me in the conversation that you had uh, with your wife, um, I don't think you should do it. Don't do it. But most coaches in the secular coaching industry wouldn't say, um, don't do it. They would say, well, well, what do you think you should do? Is this the thing? Is this what you really want to do? Is that going to fulfill your ambitions? Is it going to bring you closer? What do you think? So sometimes I think when these guys talk like that, it's like if you saw your kid running across the street and he didn't see a car coming, would you go, Just one moment, uh, Yossi. What do you think the consequences are of a motor vehicle coming 60 miles an hour right near you and you're running on the street? What do you think you ought to do, Yoss? Would you do that? Are you out of your mind? Yossi, I'm going to see you the car! For a he made it. Your times. We're giving a person the right advice. If you're capable of doing it right, you don't want to give somebody wrong advice, and certainly not your own agenda, you have, to, you have to do it. So that's why when you have a strong will that might bias your thinking, consult other people who are unbiased to find out how they think about the matter. Ask yourself what you would think if you would not have such a strong will to do that thing. Just realizing that your desire is likely to bias you Will enable you to be more cautious. Be patient and wait. Don't allow your desires to force you to act impulsively. If you will ask me and really want to know what happened today, be better um, at some point, I will tell you. But this is Mama Shishka practice. These words are something that without having seen this before applied to something that happened to me just within, you know, an hour or two ago. Be patient and wait. Don't allow your desires to force you to act impulsively. Wow. That is an amazing thought. And by mastering our thoughts, you will truly experience freedom in your life. Truly experience freedom in your life. The Or brings out an amazing word that says the Torah is stating, when it says, On that day the Almighty saved the Yidin from the hand of Mitzrayim. The Or comments that the Torah states that on that day they were saved, which was the day the midstream who pursued them perished in the sea in the Amsuf. Even though they were already liberated on that day that they left Egypt, they were not really considered safe since they didn't feel secure in relationship to the midstream. What do we see from this? That even though in actuality a person is free, they're not really considered free unless that person personally feels free. Let's say a person worries and feels insecure. That person is somebody who's imprisoned. There's a, actually a very good book called prisoner of your thoughts It's not from a necessarily, necessarily a Torah perspective but the guy does have some interesting insights Goyim. And, but if he would have learned Torah this guy if he were a year, he would have understood that what he says doesn't compare to the idea of knowing in a Torah way how true this is. A person who worries and feels insecure that's a person who's in prison even though they're not behind bars nobody's going to hurt them. To be truly free you have to first feel free and that my friends is up to each of us You've got a great deal of control over your thoughts. Uh, Again, this applies to exactly what happened to me today. If you worry about the future, even though the future might work out exactly as you would have wished, you're still suffering in the present. This suffering will be the same as if you actually experienced a misfortune. But all the suffering will be unnecessary. The greater your mastery over your thoughts, the greater freedom you will experience in your life. Rabbi Sivka Zissel of Kelm had such a mastery over his thoughts that at times at the end of the day he would mentally review his thoughts of the day to see what he could improve. So let's see today what we can improve. All right, if you'd like to talk to me, I'd be very happy to listen to whatever you have to say. 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Can you think of something that might be holding you back, something that perhaps maybe is making you feel anxious about something or being worried, and if you were just a focus your attitude differently, Are we you know reframing it as it's called, to feel that um, you have control over your, at least your thoughts, maybe not over the circumstance, but your thoughts you do have control over. So let's talk about a circumstance that if maybe you altered your mindset, would alter the way the circumstance is perceived as well. Eight, seven, our number here is seven one eight six eight three eight five eight seven one eight six eight three. Five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Give me a call. We'll be back right after the music with a thought to wrap it up. But I'd like to hear from you. Parents B, aka the Reb, the Reb with the cause, and the cause is you, bringing, bringing, hopefully, meaning, value, and purpose in our lives, so that we grow for greatness through Torah. Here we go. See you in a bit.
2: Laughter and smiles. When I'm with you, I'm soaring high and free. When you're in my me 10 million ways. Sometimes I'm tired. It's hard to see the light of better days. But then I dare to dream. I find the hope for more. I reach for all you gave and see that I can be stronger. I can be braver. I can be, I can be anything. Anything I want to be. the people we love and what we give to one another loving is giving the giving is life life is the people we love and what we give to one another loving is giving the giving is life Believe because you believed in me.
0: Thank you, Yakov Shweki, doing it again. Great because you believe in me. Of course, we know that a Kurdish believes in us. And wants us to succeed. And we believe in the rebundish All right, we're going to wrap it up today. Sweeten your outlook in life. You're going to see great things. Hopefully, there's the Shem. The came to Mara, and they weren't able to drink the water at Mara because they were bitter. The Kutska Rebbe explained, for they were bitter is referring to the people themselves, not just the water. When somebody's bitter, everything else tastes bitter. That's the Rebbe Mikuts says this. And this concept, my friends, holds true in many areas of life. If a person feels bitter, nothing in life feels positive. Anyone looking for faults and defects will always be able to find them. They'll look. You keep looking, you'll find it. A bitter person makes himself miserable and those in his environment suffer with him. While he thinks that he's a valid reason or valid reasons for considering things to be bitter, the source of the problem is not out there but within themselves. By sweetening our own outlook, you're going to live in a much sweeter world. That's right. As much as we invest in our own outlook, that's how the world is going to look to us. Um, Rabbi Pliskin had an uncle, Rabbi Moshe Helfen, who used to say, When a student is learning well, then even the Rebbeim are wise, the teachers are, are wise. The students are friendly, this room is comfortable, and even the food tastes good. When somebody is not doing too well, they're not learning well, you know what? Well, those teachers are all at fault. The other students are unfriendly, his room is uncomfortable, and even the food tastes bad. You ever see that attitude? At a him on Mesechus um, since in Slobodka, Rabbi Kessler Bronsky spoke on the final statement of the Mesech. Rabbi Yezer said in the name of Rabbi Haninah, Tamidu Kacham Imar Bim Shalom It's also in the in Brachas, and in other places, in Shas. The meaning of peace is the opposite of resentment and anger. A person becomes angry easily when they're not satisfied in their life. People that are not satisfied tend to get angry more. They're bitter and don't have satisfaction. And now whenever... That happens. That whatever happens, uh, not as that person would like it, they throw they throw a fit, and they arouse fear in others wherever they go. But any real Thomas from somebody who's learning Torah, is full of happiness and satisfaction, like you see on the faces of great Torah leaders today and have in the past. Pleasure and joy, you see that on their faces, and it's it's uh, exhilarating, and it's something which you can latch onto. Because that person is so full of pleasure and satisfaction from their, their learning, from their, my seem to you, and from the things that they're doing, they don't become frustrated over mundane matters. Ah, clean a kite, don't sweat it. They consider everything else to be totally inconsequential. And that, my friends, increases peace in the world. When you are happy, and you show that happiness, and you have uh, that hydrous pun on your face because of what you learned. And if, you know, a woman or a man, a man who's learning Torah, you have that. A woman who's saying to him and who's running her household and teaching her kids to her and encouraging her husband and children and family to learn. You have that also. Your attitude in life will automatically be something which will sweeten your life as well. I didn't hear from you today. I don't know why, but it's okay. Listen, Nishka Digen, well, I'm here for you. And uh, we would like to know that you're out there. So please drop us a line at eichlermedia, eichlermedia, I know I owe people those prizes we offer for the Boston. We have not finished it yet. We had a little, well, it was more than a little technical snafu. I hope to remedy that sooner than later, and I do have the list of people who were nice enough to call in, and we or hope to get them to you when we do have them. Meanwhile, you can still reach me on my listen line, 848-221-4605, and, uh, leave me a message, or reach me at media at com. My coaching lines are going to be open, and... Uh, We'd love to hear from you if there's something that's on your mind. I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. And I'm very happy to try and help you walk it through, talk it through, and make your world a better place. Make the world a better place through your world becoming a better place. Uh, what did I want to leave you with? Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you the story of what happened to me today, but you didn't ask. So if you're interested, you'll ask, and I'll perhaps share it with you, but it's really phenomenal. And it's one of the reasons that I'm here right now talking to you in Yerza So let me say with, um, with sincerity and with a heart full of meaning in more ways than, uh, than I would have imagined today. Good night, Yerushalayim. Good afternoon, New York. Good night, Yerushalayim. And remember, in the words of Hillel, the rest is commentary. Now, go and learn.